In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast, the Yeovil Town podcast that I'm reliably informed got everything right on Monday's podcast, um, which is good to know. Uh, here to get everything right again this week is Mr. Where am I going first? Up or down? Let's go up. Ben Barrett. I wish you hadn't. I've just had a very um, big gulp, of very gassy Aldi owned brand ZX Cola. So I'm about to burp. That sounds as, as bad. <laughs> that sounds as bad as it. Looks as bad as it sounds. I don't know. And going down is not Yeovil Town. It's David Coates. <laughs> Although I'm going down, I have uh, uh, Coke Zero, so I'm I'm a little bit more commercial than Benny's. But um, how the yeah. other half live? Huh? <laughs> Look at that. X Cola. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've got water, water, water in Wattle. a in a faded Yeovil beer festival glass. Oh, marvelous! That's that's big volumes for all of us. I think. <laughs> Maybe we need something a bit stiffer. Um, how have our weeks been? I mean, Ben off air. Ben's just told us he's miserable, but um... I, I I do feel like I've been in a bad mood almost without reason for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's probably been reasons. I can think of a few reasons myself, but um... no, I just just yeah, I didn't have tea tonight because I couldn't be bothered. All right, wife just like, what, what do you want for tea? And I was like, don't worry about it. I'm not bothered. It's too mm. much effort. She was offering to make it, though. She was offering to make it. It was too much effort for me to eat the damn thing. Oh, right. Okay. Right. You had dinner? I, I had fish and chips tonight, I see. Yeah. I yeah. How the other half lived. I know. It was, a, it, was a, it was a lovely evening where I was, and I live by the sea these days, you see. Do you? So, so Yeah, so I had fish and chips by the sea. Sounds lovely. Yeah, my mate. Yeah. Happy days. There you what go. What do you have, Ian? Uh, I have been treated to a Chinese. Oh, now the other half live, eh? <laughs> the other third lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, mum and dad are off on holiday and had me around for a Chinese. To China? Holiday. Oh. <laughs> um, right. Right, now we know what we've all had to eat and yeah, drink ben, this evening, then I think that's the main thing. And anyone else who's listening will probably switch off shortly. I <laughs> We're going to get to the good stuff. We will, we will, yeah. Just tease Are we? Along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come next season. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, should we well, start with the announcement of a director of football on Monday? Yeah. Good announcement, don't you think? Well worded. <laughs> uh, to the point, I think. Uh, didn't even mention the words director of or football um, and lots of crowns, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the door. Was it in the door or in the building? In the door. Yeah. Kevin Bond in the door. What a man was the. Uh, yeah. 
was the was the sentence, I think. Um I wonder yeah. if you'd gone out the door. Well, yeah. Which is we, it a we, revolving door? Well, yeah, it could be. I mean, we have all kind of assumed that this is the director of football thing, because what else could it be? Well, um, I don't think it's a confirmation that the club's been taken over. Well, no, no, Which no. Was no the no. other thing that was going to happen Monday. So I think I think we can, yeah, it's safe to say that that is, well, Sunday night, we were announcing a director of football. Kevin Bond's got three crowns. Three crowns, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two and two together. And I think we're closer to four than we've probably been on other things but yeah conspicuous by its absence is an official announcement of it hasn't even had his wikipedia updated does he have a um, wikipedia he does kevin john bond born 22nd of june 1957 i thought blah, you were talking blah, about blah. matt ogler no <laughs> no, <you never laughs> no he was most recently first team coach of bristol rovers and that's it so no one has even bothered to upgrade the Wikipedia of Kevin Bond to say he is director of football. So he might literally have just been in the door. I mean, it has to, does it not have to be like, you have to like reference stuff on Wikipedia, don't you? I'm not sure what tweet is a, is a no. strong enough <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> to be fair, oh. We might be giving Wikipedia too much of a high standard of yeah. uh, reference point here. So, but we did write an article. I did write an article that said Kevin Bond is the new director of football. Probably. <laughs> Bristol Live Bristol Live went with it yeah they did put actual like news and yeah right. yeah well I mean it, 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 it seems likely we know he's been there he's been at the club he's been talking been widely seen talking to uh, senior officials executive officers and, um, and and others so he is there but then asked, albeit not by name, about it today, Mark Cooper said, that's not something I can talk about. That's for the club to talk about. What you really need is a really strong relationship between your director of football and your manager. You do, to the extent yeah. that you can't even name him. So, it's <laughs> a good start. Yeah. We're off to a flyer. Maybe he's like Voldemort. He's uh, he who shall not be named. Ben's looking at me like, who's folding more? Now? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Listeners are going to drop off. Oh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> we should say that Kevin Bond, who knows um, Harry Redknapp quite well, in terms of his sort of experience as a player and then as a coach and has done different roles in football, I mean, he's kind of done it all. Done a lot, name. Done a lot. So in terms of sort of if you're just reading on paper what he's been through, he's been a first-team coach. He has been a manager on his own right. He has been in very successful partnerships with Harry, with other coaches. He's played at a very good level throughout the 80s and 90s. He um, knows he's this Jewish as well for Norwich I, City. For his dad? For his dad, I think, yeah. John his Bond, dad. was it John Bond? Yeah. John Bond Jovi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, there. Living on a prayer. Mm. To be fair, living on a prayer is the only way we're staying up this year. So, um, And he has worked with directors of football, which I thought was notable. He was very successful under a director of football, I think at QPR, Les Ferdinand. So he should, in theory, know what it takes to be in that relationship. 
Or at least ask Les Ferdinand. Or at least ask Les Ferdinand how to do it. <laughs> what was he doing at QPR? He wasn't manager at QPR with Les Ferdinand. He, he was assistant to Harry Redknapp. Oh, okay. And I, th- I think he was caretaker for a bit. Did they cross over? Was Les Ferdinand director of football at the same time I that Harry Redknapp so. was I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it was when Harry Redknapp was there because it was, wasn't that that the crazy Italian, Briatore, wasn't it? And Bernie Eccleston and all of that. I think so. And he has won the Hong Kong Premier League Cup. Well, there you go. It's basically the Somerset Premier League Cup, isn't it? I, think. I mean, our friends at South End weren't particularly. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they gave us a, a gift, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. A uh, smirky face, a smirky face gift. Yes. Smirky gifts, which is fine. Because um, he's not the manager. Because <laughs> he's not the manager. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. Lots of experience, been there, done it in the game. Um, like I said on Saturday, Sunday, whenever we, we normally talk, um, I I question the the timing. Don't think it's something that's absolutely necessary. And I the also, necessity, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, what does he know about National League? <laughs> National wow. League football, like you're you're looking at not necessarily that, sorry. Um, yes, he's worked at clubs that have had a directors of football, but probably quite a different job being a director of football and you know knowing the talent and yeah, no, but the experience I, of it. I think if I mean he would be fairly obvious if he's been in and around football. He's been in and around football down around the south coast and a club in our position should have people who know what's going on at your Bournemouth, Southampton, Portsmouth, um, even Eastleigh, your Bristols, the Southwest proper clubs. We should get Chris Hargreaves as director of football. He would be a great shout. Knows his way around Torquay, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but, you know, those those sorts of things. Like, if this guy was coming in and he'd only had time in the Scottish lower leagues, I'd have been going, what good are you, really? But actually a director of football who knows this area, who might be in a position to say at Southampton, what's the deal with this young player? Are you releasing this player? Portsmouth, you've got this young loanee. Are we in a position to work with that? For example, I I don't have a problem with that kind of, um, with that kind of experience setup, if that's how it's going to be used. If he's our director of football, this might all be completely pointless. Yeah. And I think the, the talk about, um, I was listening to, uh, Three Valleys Radio on uh, Monday night because you're the uh, one. Um, I, I am him. I am him. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, and uh, yeah, they're talking about you know he knows players. He'll he'll have contacts and all of that one. Ain't gonna be much good to us now, is it? And I'm not sure what his contacts are like in the National League South kind of level. But all right, yeah. <laughs> or even in the National League level, in the National League pyramid, I guess that is kind of a pyramid. So. So okay. the more we talk about it, the more Chris Hargreaves would be the perfect man for the job. <laughs> he watches and... so much National League football. Yeah. <laughs> He's really nice as well. Um, and Chris Hargreaves did meet Jurgen Klopp this week, according to his Instagram, mm-hmm. a football managers association thing. So worked his socks off this week, hasn't he? He absolutely <laughs> has, without question. I uh, I got a message from a Yo Town supporter who not be named. Hi, Hugh. <laughs> 
Uh, and he said, suddenly I see why Liverpool's season's been so shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Chris Hargreaves and Jurgen Klopp. I said, he bet he's talking to him about wing-backs, isn't he? <laughs> Have you tried a back three, Jürgen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had Trent Alexander-Arnold. I could have, I could have won it, Yovo. I could have beaten Aldershot Town. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay. Um, the other thing before we get into the, the dross that was midweek was we were hoping to have deal done, stewardship ending. On yeah. that. But as of yet, no announcement. The ship has not set sail. Uh, I guess we just wait and continue waiting. What else can we do? Oh, well, yeah, nothing. Dave, you got any suggestions as to what we can do while we wait? Uh, count sheep. Um, uh, I could it's time I, to count sheep. Yeah. Um, eat candy floss. Yeah. Wait, wait until the deal is done. That's all we can do, isn't it? Keep refreshing companies' house pages. Keep refreshing. It's not very refreshing. <laughs> okay. Are you concerned? Either of you concerned? After after what this club has been through and the amount of times I'm always concerned. Genuinely, I'm always concerned. But like it's just another day of being concerned. I've become conditioned to concern. It is just, yeah, I, yeah, of course, of course, there's an element of concern. Of course, there is, until, until the ink is dry. How many times have we said that? And if we've been, if we've been scarf and pitched, early, too early, yeah, then yeah. there will be, there will be hell to pay. What's the name? <laughs> we, we literally, it, the thing is, until, until the documents are on company's house, we can't, be, we can't exactly, yeah, put it now. So you know, our scarf and pitch is. Totally rendered null and void. <laughs> but it, here's a strange thing then. If the club can't announce Kevin Bond, because, well, that, that would assume that Kevin Bond is not an employee of the football club. Because if he were, then surely they could announce him. Because there, there would be no reason why they can't announce him. But the fact they haven't announced him suggests that there must be a reason. Which would suggest to me and this is all a bit of an assumption, that Kevin Bond is not employed by the football club. He's employed by SU Glovers. So if everything goes peak dong, who picks up the bill for Kevin Bond? SU Glovers, presumably. And if they can't appoint a director of football, can they bring players in? We we all assumed that uh, Jordan Young and Edwin Agbaji... And then, obviously, the more recent additions were all brought in on, on contracts in the right and proper way. Um, but are they employed by well, the, the football club or are they employed the by... They must be because they've, we've announced that... Players, that's true. That's true, yeah. ...signed for us. And I guess you can't sign for SU Glovers if they're not a football club. If they're not a football club. Or, is Kevin Bond an employee of SU Glovers or your oval town gang? Or is he an employee of anybody? Is it an advisory thing mm-hmm. where actually he's just coming in to help Matt and Paul as a football person? So he's in the door to just help guide them through this initial six, nine, 12 months, whatever it is. So actually he's not there to deal with Mark Cooper and the football side of things. 
he's got a fancy title. We're calling him director of football, but he is director of football to the company that runs the football club. Yeah. Advisor of football. Advisor of football, yeah. Directing Ad- footballs. Yeah. Into the goal, hopefully. Yeah. All right. But just, I don't know. We don't know. And if anybody would like to clarify, you are more than welcome to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how were we all feeling come 10 o'clock on Tuesday night? Oh, my God. And I thought I was in a bad mood for the rest of the week. But Tuesday night, I was in a really bad mood. Yeah, it couldn't have gone much worse, could it? Unbelievable, wasn't it? Although Mark, Mark Cooper managed to paint it positively s- today, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. And do you know who else was in a bad mood? Uh, my uncle, who uh, is a season ticket holder at Aldershot Town, who messaged me saying, we're bang back in this, aren't we? <laughs> um, and they're five points above us in the table. We've played two games fewer than they have, but one of those games is Wrexham away, I believe. So, um, uh, and I think that is the case for everyone except Gateshead in the bottom five. I think we've got two games. We might have one game in hand on Torquay. I think two games in hand over Scunthorpe, Maidstone, yep. we think are probably gone, but two games in hand over Aldershot and um, York as York. well. Yeah. If if York want to, if, if Aldershot want to swap, yeah, I will absolutely. Go I said, that's exactly what I said to him. I'll swap places <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, it couldn't have gone much worse. And it went it went quite badly, like quite quickly. It we were like, oh, <laughs> Gateshead have scored. Oh, no, Dorking have scored. Oh, Scunthorpe have scored. At one point, Maidstone were one up as well. And we were like, holy moly, are they going to get involved? And Torquay decided to go and get one. And then Gateshead go twos and threes. And you go, oh, right, that's that one over. A Dorking going to at least chuck it away. Oh, no, they're going to go back to back and win now. Torquay, at least you can chuck it. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yes. I spent a lot of time looking at flash scores on... Um... Mm. <laughs> you did, and you were, you were straight on to us on the WhatsApp, weren't you? The icky <laughs> face was, was straight in there. Yes. My most used emoji at the moment is like the smiling one with a teardrop. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, we should say on Saturday that Torquay plays Gunthorpe. Mm. And if, if there's a winner... I think it probably dooms the other one. Or if there's a draw. Then I think they'll both... I'm not sure it suits either, but I think it keeps them both alive in the in the fight. But I don't think... Especially if it is Scunthorpe that lose, I think they would go and, and we'd, we'd, we'd cut them adrift. And, and then, yeah, into 5.20. And can we do something? That's the question. You've had a chat with a team a supporter slash journalist of the team we are welcoming to Hewish Park. I have indeed. Chris Phillips, uh, semi-regular. I think he's done the South End stint a couple of times here on the pod. Um, he's from the South End Echo. We had a bit of a therapy session for a, a few minutes. So, yes, had a good chat.
now on the Glover's cast, always a pleasure to welcome an opposition point of view. And we're delighted to welcome once again, not for the first time, Chris Phillips of the South End Echo to the podcast. Chris, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Looking for well, looking forward is a, is a tentative phrase to the weekend, <laughs> I think. But uh, yeah, looking ahead to the weekend, if nothing else. Both of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a, a a strange season for both of our football clubs in in so many ways. What's it been like covering South End this season with everything going on on and off the pitch? That might be the, that might be the only answer we need. The <laughs> chuckle of despair. Might be the only answer we need. Um, I always say I can't believe that nobody has ever not picked South and United to be covered for a Netflix documentary or an Amazon one or whoever else is making them because what happens at South End United is incredible. Um, it's like no other football club I've ever known. Um, it's like a soap opera, really. Um, and it's um, been exactly the same where that, that's been concerned. This season as well, um, it's been very testing times for, for Southend off the pitch and now on the pitch as well. Unfortunately, uh, the financial situation is, is well documented. Um, it's issued a lot of problems. We've had a transfer embargo since September, which is obviously proving to be problematic now with perhaps players starting to, to run out of steam a little bit towards the end of the season. So we've now had the chairman coming out and saying that he's looking to try and, and try and sell the club. Um, whether or not that is the situation, it's a little bit split on, on what the fans are thinking, where, where that's concerned. So I think it's um, very busy. Um, I actually looked out the other day, I think it's something like, 100 days successive that I've worked because there's always something going on. Um, you can't ever sort of step away and, and not work because there's just, oh, it's just incredible. There's just always so much going on at South End United. And I just describe it as an ongoing soap opera. And just as you think things can't get any worse, it does. And I always think there's, obviously I don't follow Yeovil as closely as you guys do, but I always think there's quite a lot of sort of similarities in, in more recent times with with Yeovil and the South End. I remember when we were going for, we seemed to like rise up the leagues together a little bit, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we point. did. We've, obviously, we've got Kevin Mayer as manager now, and that's when he was at captain. So we were in League Two and League One, and then we were in the championship at different times. And sadly for both of us, that seems a million miles away at the moment, doesn't it? It really, really does. In in terms of your role at the South End Echo, uh, the South End Echo, are you as bored of looking at companies' house legal documents, <laughs> council planning applications as we are? Because I am sick to the back teeth of it. Yes, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm in therapy now. This is quite nice. This is quite. <laughs> this a, is what uh, we say. Yes, a, a good chat because I haven't probably admitted to it, but wouldn't it be nice just to be able to to write about football? Um, oh, wouldn't it, it just be fantastic and not having to worry about who's been paid and and who hasn't and, and financial situations and transfer embargoes and who Southend have paid and who they haven't. So, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's never ending and it's very complicated as well, isn't it? It's, it's not easy to sort of find out. It's a bit of a, uh, a mystery trying to uh, get to the bottom of these things. And there's a hell of a lot of things going on where where Southend are concerned. So. The short answer would be yes. <laughs> they use, Please they can use we just such... start talking about football and have nothing else to worry about. But it's been ongoing for so many years for Southend. Yeah. Now we've had we had sort of back to back relegations coming into in non league for the, for the first time in our history, and it's all linked to the to the off field problem. Sadly, mm. um, managers have been hindered by what they've been able to do because of 
ongoing issues with transfer embargoes and players not being paid. And yeah, it really is just one thing after another, unfortunately, now for Southend. And they use such long words in legal jargon. I spend more time Googling what certain words mean as more than anything yeah, else. Yeah. Let's... So does our Go chairman. On. When uh, oh. uh, he always, um, I think he invents words. Um, I've, said that quite a few. I've even said that to him in the past, back in when times weren't quite so bad, that I always end up sort of Googling a word in his statement every single time just to make sure that it is actually a word. I think um, he could have ended up on sort of like dictionary corner in, uh, in Countdown. <laughs> Rachel Riley's from Southend, so maybe she might be able to uh, have a word with him. But yeah, the, <laughs> you could say he wouldn't be too good on the numbers around because um, our financial nice. situations are uh, not too good. So maybe stick to the words. But yeah, I mean, I shouldn't laugh really, but sometimes you have to because otherwise you'd cry, wouldn't you? And yes. I'm a Southend fan as well. So it's double whammy for me. It's not just my job. I've been sort of supporting Southend since... Oh, God, since I was about seven, I used to have a season ticket. So it's a real double whammy for me. So it's 24-7 because you mm. feel the emotion of it all as a fan and then you're following it up as a, as a reporter as well. So, yeah, I think this has sort of been among the toughest times that, that we've had. And obviously earlier on in the season, we were very worried that we might not even have a club to to support or write about anymore. Um, the chairman always assured us that wasn't going to be the case, but actions speak louder than words, don't they? So until it was actually dismissed, you're always going to be worried that there's not going to be a South and United and, and mm. that was heartbreaking. So we've got through that, but the worry is that we probably end up, we'll probably end up being back in the high court at, at some point again, because of winding up issues with, with HMRC. So yeah, I think they've been almost um, played against opponent in recent years. <laughs> On a, on a personal note, how have you found sort of trying to interact with the club and trying to cover the club? Because we've been on a naughty list or two in our time at the Glover's Cast for asking a few pokey questions and stuff. And have you have you had that sort of difficult relationship or have you managed to be able to ask important questions and, and, and get something along the lines of an answer? Yeah. Um, are you talking recently or in years? Just, just in general, really. Just in general, really. How, yeah, how has that relationship changed? Quite a few times. So... Um, over the years, I'm trying to think what I've been banned about. Oh, I got banned once because I revealed how much the sponsorship deal was. I mean, that's going back championship days um, and one or two other things since then. I can't even remember why I got banned, but it's been it's happened sort of like two or three times. So I tried my best a few years ago when, when we kept on losing every week. I was like, please ban me. <laughs> kept on trying to write out these controversial stories so I didn't have to go anymore. But no, I just always, I ask the question, sometimes you, you don't always get answers, but you have to, don't you? That's what your yeah. job is. If you, don't, if you don't ask those questions, then what's the point of you being there? Um, so I will always ask the questions, um, whether or not I, they get answered is another matter. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm always honest. So I'll always be upfront and explain why I'm doing things and it's got to be done. And I've, I've had a couple of run-ins this season, um, but it's part and parcel of your job. And, and I think if if that doesn't happen in, during tough times for the club, then I don't think you're doing your job properly. So, yeah, there have been one or two sort of small bumps in the road as using manager jargon, um, nothing too sort of serious. Um, and we sort of got on with it, really. But I think they know I've been doing this job 20 odd years, really. So they know what I'm all about. And I'm not someone that's going to sensationalise things or add to drama when it's not there. I'm just doing my job. And I think they appreciate that. And whenever there's been flashpoints or problems, they'll always come back on and then, and then it'll be okay again. But yeah, it, it has been it has been 
difficult and I have had a few sort of spiky phone calls I suppose but it happens it's just part of the job really so it doesn't perhaps when I was younger when I first started out I used to worry me a little bit more but it's just one of those things now really I think there's respect there and it's just what it is really um so yeah nothing too bad this season I don't think um not yet anyway so uh hopefully it it carries on that way but yeah going back to the original point you have to ask those questions because the club's there to provide their media service and the guys there do a great job in fairness for, for South End, but they obviously can't ask all the questions that the fans want. So I think is um, independent and away from the club. That's, that's what you've got to do. And if you don't do it, then what's the point of you being there? Yeah, I love that. Let's talk some football, although I'm not sure that's going to cheer either of us up anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. Um, Tuesday night, 1-0 defeat to Dorking. Thanks very much. You couldn't even do that favour for us. Seven defeats in a row now. That, Poor run of form has not necessarily come out of nowhere, but it's, well, it's a bit of a surprise looking at how well you'd started and how often you'd been kicking about the playoffs despite everything that had been going on behind the scenes. What, what's happened in these last seven games? Yeah, it's been really bizarre. So we went into a Friday night game with Barnet, and I think I'm right in saying if we'd won that night, it was a Friday night, so um, we were playing before the rest of the teams. And if we'd won that night, we would have gone fourth. And, and since then, we've just fallen off a cliff and we've lost seven in a row. Now, initially, the, the, the start of that run, we were playing like Barnet, Chesterfield, Boreham Wood. So they were kind of sides that were up there with us and, and they were quite strong sides. And you kind of thought, oh, OK, fair enough. But then we lost to Aldershot and then we lost to Dorking and auctioning them. OK, they're sort of not quite so low down, but it, it's become a bit of a worry. And there's quite a lot of different theories you could say that, I don't know the answer, if I'm honest. If um, if I did, then I'd be ringing Kevin Mayer. But <laughs> I think you can look at one or two things. Or I think they've run out of steam. Yeah. Um, if you look at the, the squad, um, Southend haven't been able to add to it since September because of the transfer embargo, which is still in place. And that has to have an impact. Other clubs up and down the league have been able to sort of freshen things up and strengthen their squads and Southend haven't. So they've been relying on the same group of players since September and have actually lost players since that time. Talking of which, we lost Casper Lapata. He was mm-hmm. a very big, he was a very big player um, for Southend. Um, and actually the losing run has coincided with his departure from the club. Now, whether or not that's solely the reason why, I, I don't know, but it obviously hasn't helped losing a player as, as, as good as Casper is. Um, so that's been a big blow and perhaps the manner of his departure as well. So it came, yeah. it's very demoralising. So he basically left the club because he had it in his notice after having to wait 28 days to get his January wages and it went to a hearing with the National League and then Southend appealed that original decision to the FA and they both sided with Casper. So for that to all unfold in front of the squad and, and everything, I've, there's just so much negativity around the place all the time that I think it just almost drains the life out of you. And there's just so much going on that eventually it does have to take its toll. And I think it was miraculous that Southend were probably up there in the first place with how much has, has been going yeah. on off the field and the players not getting paid and, and everything like that and the, the winding up order. 
hanging over the club. So it, it's just been bizarre, really, because like you said, even during the, the tough times of, the, of them not getting paid and, and things like that, they were still putting performances together and picking up points and doing up and doing well and sort of being in and around the playoffs. So to then go from that to going to seven successive defeats has just been really bizarre. But the performances have been poor. So they've been deserved. They've all been my one goal. So yeah. They've been quite close, but we just don't look like scoring. We just look devoid of ideas in the final third and devoid of confidence too. So it's got all the makings of a classic on um, on Saturday, and I'm sure BT Sport will be really pleased that they uh, chose to, uh, to to air this one. Well, looking at some of the other games they could have chosen, Scunthorpe Torquay's a relegation dogfight, mm. Dagenham, Dorking's huge, Wrexham, Oldham, and they've decided to go for the two teams who can't hit a barn door with a banjo. Um, <laughs> nine points off the playoffs as it stands. Is that season over or is there still a slim chance of you getting in? There's, uh, it's the four teams in between that I think are as much of an issue than uh, the actual nine points, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think. I think you you, know, you get to this stage of the season and people start talking about mathematically possible, doesn't it? That's always mm. the good uh, answer that you get in this stage of the season. And there's a really small chance, isn't there, that Southend could perhaps turn it around. But I don't think so. I think they've run out of steam. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think they've sort of run out of steam and just can't score goals. And it's been very, very disappointing in the in the last few weeks. So there's no momentum there, which I think you need at this stage of the season to really push to get into those playoffs. Um, it surprises me that the gap isn't more than that, given that we've lost the last seven. Um, there is always that nagging thought in your back of your head, oh, if we win this one, then maybe we might. But... <laughs> The form's just not there. Um, the goals just aren't there. And the bottom line is, even when Southend were doing well, I, they weren't really scoring enough goals. And I don't think that they're really good enough. I don't think they've quite got that quality in the final third to be able to sustain a push for the top seven. Um, obviously, that comes back to, to finances. And it's that end of the pitch, isn't it, where, that costs the most money, really. And I think yep. that's where... Southend have struggled. We lost Marcus Dakers as well. He was doing well for us on loan. I think yeah. three goals in six games because of the embargo. He couldn't his he couldn't extend his loan. So yeah, we've had we've had issues. A lot of our strikers can't seem to to stay fit either, which is another problem. And yeah, it's just been problematic in in that final third of the pitch that we're not creating too much. And and when we do, we're, we're not putting them away. So. Yeah, the last few weeks have, have been very frustrating. Um, the positive is that at least we had the points on board before that, so we yeah. shouldn't get dragged too much further down the table, Touchwood, and end up where we were sort of towards the start of last season. Um, you've, you've kind of already answered my next question, really, but obviously this, this game is between two teams who can't really find the back of the net at the moment. Only two goals scored for Southend during that seven-game run, one of which, of course, was, was from Reese Murphy, a, a player that we all know and love really well down at Yeovil, but I saw that he was missing from the squad on Tuesday night. That's not a reoccurrence of an injury. He fought so much to get back into the squad, um, but he's now missed out on one. Is he likely to be available on Saturday or is he going to be missing again? Yeah, so he, he was there on on, on Tuesday night. Um, the interview with Kevin Mayer sort of ended before I got a chance to ask a question. Um, so I was going to ask him about Reese Murphy, but I think 
because the match was played on an artificial pitch. I think that might yes. have been. I think that might have been a concern for for them um, regarding Reese. Um, Jake Hyde is another player that we've got in attack who's had a few issues with injuries, and he always rules himself out of playing on the artificial surface. Um, I know Reese. When I spoke to him early on in the season, we had another match. I think it potentially may be Maidstone. Yeah. Um, and and he was said, well, no, I've missed enough football. Um, I don't want to miss any more. Um, so I think the concerns, this is only my interpretation. I haven't had this confirmed. So it's literally just me thinking out loud. I think it's more the management team are a bit concerned about risking him on the artificial pitch, given his sort of injury record. Um, before that, he'd sort of started two or three games in a row for, for the first time. He scored against Aldershot, which was, which was nice to see because after such a long time out injured, ironically, the injury picked up against you guys at, at mm. um Last year, so yeah, it's been a tough time for him, and he's sort of finding his feet again after after so long out. Um, and hopefully, he can be one that gets back among the goals. But it was a nasty injury that one, and yeah. I think it will take a while to get back to where he was before. And I think it's one that he will have to manage um, for the rest of his career, sadly. Yeah, you're probably right, and uh, that's a, that's an uh, an issue that we've come up against when we play on artificial pitches. We actually played Maidstone, I think it was in the cup a few years back, and we had a number of players who were absolutely fine. They weren't injured, but were told don't play in this game because you don't want to risk anything. Yeah. So that's it. It's cropped up a couple of times. I, I also want to mention Nathan Ralph because he's now obviously a, a skipper, isn't he? At, yes. at Southend and someone who Yeovil fans remember fondly as being part of the 2013 League One promotion side. How has he, how has he led the side, led the squad, led the club at times during sort of, as we've mentioned, a very up and down campaign so far. How has it, how has he been as a as a focal point for Southend? Yeah, he was put forward after the game on Tuesday actually, and he spoke quite well after the game. Um, he apologised to to the fans, and, and you know he, he brought it on himself. He wasn't asked that question. He was just asked about the game, and he instantly spoke about the fans and apologised, and and he did speak quite well. He's quite quiet on the pitch. He's not necessarily a a screamer and, and a shouter. So he's not kind of that kind of captain, but I think they're a dying breed now, aren't they? You don't really yeah. tend to get too many of those in, in, in modern day football, but he's always a, a good one to speak to. He's a good professional off the pitch. I'm sure that's why he was he was made captain. He's another one that struggled badly with injuries during during his time with Southend, unfortunately. Um, and he's been in and out of the side. But this season, he sort of put together a, a string of games and, He's always desperate to, to be available. I know it hurts him when when he's not playing. Um, but yeah, he's a bit like everyone else, really. He's had ups and downs this season. He's played well and then he's had games where he hasn't done quite so well and he's sort of come back and the defeats have coincided with that. I think it'll be harsh to sort of pin that on him, although I know yeah. some people have done that. So yeah, he's one that can always be relied upon to to do well for South End. He's a, a good professional, which is why he's made himself captain or why he was chosen as captain and made himself get into the, the equation where, where that's concerned. So, yeah, um, he, he'll be available for, for Saturday unless there's sort of any last minute injury in training. Um, he was he was playing last night. So, yeah, he, he's been a good captain for Southend. He's highly thought of among the players and I know he's done quite a lot behind the scenes for them. So I think in terms of his captaincy, you probably don't really see what he does. But I know that he does do things behind the scenes for, for the rest of the players. So, yeah, I think he's done quite well in that role. Um, but it's a tough time for, for everyone at, at Southend and uh, it's a club like no other. 
it sounds like, very much like a club like no other, although I do sit here and think, actually, it sounds a bit like Yeovil at times as well. Um, one, <laughs> Isn't one, it really uh, annoying when you get like Premier League fans that oh, like, I know. Tottenham, like Tottenham having melt because obviously we're quite close to London. So you've got my friends that are like Tottenham fans and whatnot. And then you see them on Twitter, like really going crazy and you're like, you're fourth in the Premier League. You've, I know it's all sort of kind of like um, affected <laughs> where you are and that, but it's like you're fourth in the Premier League, got one of the best grounds in the world. Like, I don't even know whether Southend are going to exist come March. So come on. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I have this conversation at work all the time. Yeovil have somehow managed to go from the Championship to the brink of National League South in a decade. That's genuinely quite impressive. Yeah, so we've got that in common as well. So. Yeah, like we 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 looked in and buried at one point last year before Kevin May mm. came to the club, but and I think if he hadn't, we would have been in National League South this season. So, yeah, it's uh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, one name that, that has cropped into the Hewish Park considerations this week is Kevin Bond. We uh, believe at time of recording, no official announcement, but we believe he is the apparent incoming director of football at Yeovil. Um, Fifteen games in charge of South End in. 2019 a win percentage strike rate that isn't one I'm going to shout about what might he offer Yeovil Town in your experience um <laughs> right as I said sort of so, <laughs> sorry. Um, you've you, you, you've already answered the question there a little bit Chris no, 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 sorry um right okay so South End like I keep saying it is it's very hard to judge people when they're at South End because it's very difficult, um, and it's a club that you, that is, like I said, it's, it's kind of like no other, and there's so much going on that it's quite hard to judge people by what they do at South End. So he came into the club when we were struggling at the foot of League One. Um, he's very closely involved with Harry Redknapp, who came to all of the games in the run into the season. And um, to be fair, he kept South End up that season, and we scored... Um, a last-minute goal against Sunderland. Stephen Humphrey scored a last-minute goal against Sunderland to sort of keep us up on the final day of the season. So, job done. Um, fortunately, we couldn't carry on that momentum to the start of the next campaign, and we struggled quite badly. The only sad thing was, I mean this in jest, I mean this in a kind way, that take his surname, it was just unfortunate that he couldn't have stayed for one more game, so his record would have left 007. So that was always a, a <laughs> an, an unfortunate thing. So it's I a headline writer's yeah, dream, isn't it? Yeah, it would have been. Um, very selfish that um, Southend got rid of him before, before that could happen. So, yeah, I, uh, obviously it didn't go well for him for Southend. He's only got to look at the, the statistics, um, and it's a tough time for the club. So I think he'd be better suited to a role similar to what he's been linked with at Yeovil. He's obviously been involved in football a very long time. So he's going to have, he's going to have connections. He's obviously very close to Harry Redknapp. Um, so I'm sure he will be able to do a lot better in, in that role. And, and I hope he does. There's no sort of ill, Ill feelings or, or anything like that. It didn't work out at Southend. And I've had a, um, some very strange conversations with him, which I look back on and, and can smile about. So it's, Good luck to him. I know he's been at Bristol Rovers, hasn't he? So yeah. um, he's been in a sort of behind the scenes role there or first team coach or something like that. And he, know, he knows football. I've had some interesting conversations with him when he was going through 
It's a bit like Monday Night Football, really. He was going through clips of Sassin's defensive work on his phone and, and showing me all these different things. So he, he understands the game, and I really hope it works for him uh, at Yeovil. I don't like to see Yeovil where they are. I don't like to see them struggling because we've had some really good times between each other, haven't we, up and down mm. the years when Phil Jevons would always score against us. And we um, yeah had some very memorable moments, and I hope we can get back to those days rather than us sort of worrying about off the field issues because I think we're both good clubs with good fan bases and hopefully in years to come we can both be out of this league and sort of pushing forward again but unfortunately we both had the good times together and now we seem to be having the, the bad times together too but I know you've got changes of foot and I, and I hope Kevin comes in and, and does well because it was a tough time for him at, at South End. it can't have been nice and I really hope he, he comes back from that so yeah I wish him well and, and wish you over well too. I like what you say about the fan bases there, actually, because our attendances have spiked since the sort of the start of the changes, and yours have never really wavered. And I always keep seeing um, social media graphics of sort of fan accounts saying uh, attendances and stuff, and I'm always stunned that Southend keep continuing to pull in numbers despite oh, everything that's going on. It's brilliant, yeah, isn't it? It's in, it's incredible. So we had 800 at uh, um, Gateshead, for instance, and the support. That's amazing. It's also, so you look at the support, so it's, it's back-to-back relegations. Last yep. year, until Kevin came in, it was really struggling and we were sort of really doing badly towards the foot of the National League. And you just, that's the frustrating thing. It's just the potential is there. We don't have any clubs really near us. You've got London, but that's kind of 50 minutes on a train. It's not nearby. Colchester's the nearest club. That's a 45-minute drive. So there's so much potential here and you just... Look at the support, it's sort of six, seven thousand most weeks, and that's with not really a lot of, of away support a lot of the time. And the support away from home is it's, it really is sort of fantastic. It's like 700 at, at Wrexham, like the numbers are eye boggling considering the level and considering what they've had to put up with. And this is what just makes it so sad because they deserve so much better. Um, their support is is incredible, and I know it's sort of cliche that everybody picks up their their own support and yeah maybe I am biased because it is South End and it's my town where I'm from and, and my team as well but sometimes you go to these games and there's more South End fans than there are home fans I and mean, even though we went to um, Boreham Wood for instance and there's definitely yeah. South End fans than, than there were home fans and I know that's not too far but yeah it's, it's, it's every week and it's in tough times as well and I think that's where you really do see the true support. It's easy to support a team that's winning every. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody here. You know, football at this level, everyone's sort of true fans. But I mean, higher up the football echelon, it's easy to support a team that that wins every week, and it's a disaster when you draw or or whatnot. But when you support a team that's had two relegations in three years and is fighting to survive and can't pay people and it's misery upon misery and you don't know what's going to happen. If you're that fan and you're still getting in your car and driving five hours up the road to watch South End somewhere on a, on a Tuesday night, knowing that they're pretty much going to lose, not this year, but in times gone by, I think it's incredible. And I think they are definitely among the, the best supporters in the league and that they've been a credit to, to the football club this year and they just deserve so much better. And that's why I hope there is a brighter future for, for, yep. South, for the fans more than anyone else, because they continue to back the club in, in these troubled times and, and they do deserve to be 
having a lot more to to shout about rather than having a lot more to worry about. Again, we could just echo every single one of those thoughts and just turn on yeah. green and white. It's so similar. It's ridiculous. Um, what's Southend's what South record like in front of the TV cameras? Because ours is rubbish. Oh, yeah. So that's a good question, that. So who have we played in front? So we had, uh, I'm sure Notts County was on the telly this year. So we drew. Um, we okay. had Dagenham was on the telly. We drew that one. Last year, we lost to Stockport on the telly and we won at Woking on the telly. Probably been a few more that, that I've forgotten about. So yeah, it's not too bad. Um, probably a draw would probably be our most favoured result on the telly. Well, we've drawn um, so many games this year. We can't draw any more. Yeah, we've drawn like 17, 18 games this season. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, fun. we are we are ahead on the draw count. If 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 we arrange the division by draws, we are top by a mile. Yeah, maybe you should like you know protest for a change in the laws kind of thing, like <laughs> two points for a draw or. It's a bit annoying for us that it's going to 520 kickoff because they're going to get yeah. a lot later. So, yeah, maybe I don't know whether or not that'll impact on sort of South End support and on the recent run we're on. Perhaps one or two will think, oh God, like I watch it on the telly, but knowing the South End fans, I'm sure they're still traveling in good numbers. So, yeah, like our form always is, it's a little bit hit and miss in front of the uh, in front of the TV cameras. So, um, yeah, it'll be an intro. I just hope it's a bit more entertaining than the form guide suggests really because you don't want <laughs> people to be watching and thinking oh what's going on with south end and the oval here so yeah fingers crossed um we can have it's, a better game between us and i know we want different results but let's hope it's a it's a good game and that we both i, do, I really want Yeovil to to stay up i always enjoy going to Yeovil. it was actually the first away game i ever did um as the echo reporter um, David Webb was manager, and I think we lost 4-0. So it was a nice start. Wow. David <laughs> Webb, that's got to be... 2003, I think. I'm pretty sure it was 4-0. And then I struggled for, for ages. I think Gary Johnson was still manager. Um, and um, I had to get a taxi back to the train station, and I couldn't get one for a lot more money. So, yeah, so bizarrely, because <laughs> it was my first away game, I've always quite liked Joville, so... Um, yeah, I, I really do hope that you, you stay up and that next season we're both challenging at the other end of the table and we can start getting back to those those games that we used to have that seem so long ago now. I think we've talked this into being either the most boring nil-nil of all times <laughs> or it's going to be 6-5 one way or the other. <laughs> and I don't think there can be any other in between yeah, at this point. Yeah, I think last year was quite, wasn't the best of games, but you probably think it was. I think you scored twice really early on, didn't you? Yes, we um, did. Yeah. 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 So we were just getting used to a new defence at that point and it was taking a couple of new arrivals and it was taking time for them to sort of settle in. So, yeah, it wasn't the... Uh, wasn't the best of games so yeah let's hope uh Saturday's a bit better but yeah I think you could be right there it could be one off stream or the, or the other couldn't it but we I don't think we'll score five so um <laughs> well I don't think we're gonna score six so <laughs> <laughs> that's fine listen thank you so much for for your time again Chris always appreciate you coming on and chatting south end there are a lot of similarities between the clubs historically and at the moment on and off the pitch so um I appreciate this yeah it has felt a little bit therapeutic this yeah, I've enjoyed this last little it. chat how, um, how much do you have to pay for this is it uh, yeah. uh, nothing this is free this is a service we <laughs> offer here on the Glovers cast oh, a therapy right. session yeah I, I feel a lot better now so but thank you very much for your time <laughs> no I appreciate it mate thanks so much thank you
We never Do you think... decided it. Sorry. <laughs> well, come on. You pressed the button. Yeah, I, we I never said... decided who was bringing it back. I said I was going to bring it back. Did you? Chris you Phillips. not fall out, please. Start again. Just start again like none of this has happened. Okay. Chris Phillips uh, thinks that Southend have... That was good, that one. Um, thinks that they have run out of steam after seven consecutive losses. Never by huge margins or by a singular goal. But in that run of seven games, they've only scored twice. They've got injury problems. They've got all kinds of issues off the field. They are struggling to score goals. It's like looking in a footballing mirror. Can I say scoring twice? Sounds like quite a novel idea, doesn't it? At the moment? it, it what, across, the, across the span of seven games? Well, maybe not seven games. No, no. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in a single game. That would be felt quite revolutionary almost. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it just? Um, so, yeah. One nil losses galore for them. Don't have many goals in their games. Um, nil nil all over for those BT cameras then. So, I, well, we, we did discuss, actually, why BT picked our game. And we decided it's either going to be the worst nil-nil of all times or the most ridiculous 6-5 thriller. <laughs> and then he said, I can't see Southend scoring five. And I said, well, I definitely can't see us scoring six. Yeah. It is, it is one of those where you, you see it picked, you're like, Why? It's like almost like an obligation. It's like well, these two are, are like crisis clubs. Let's, <laughs> there might be some fireworks there. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, basically. I like the idea of someone at BT going through the quotas going, oh, we haven't shown Southend enough. Oh, we haven't shown you over enough either. We did say we'd do them both twice. I can uh, think of it. I can tell to come to Hughes Park and there's... Maybe. <laughs> Marcus. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, I know there's lots of games left to go. No, there's not. <laughs> no, there's everyone's not. In, everyone's saying there's loads of left to go, and it's all in our hands, our leaky, holy hands that can't hold on to anything. Um, it's. <laughs> I know. Uh, Dorking away was must win. Uh, back in September or whenever the hell it was. <laughs> Do you think he'll be back on Saturday? <laughs> I bet he is. Heroes welcome. <laughs> oh dear. Flashbacks to older shot. <laughs> um but this is kind of the biggest this feels like the biggest game of this running, given their form mm-hmm. and the And what we have to follow it. Yeah, and how this is a brilliant opportunity for us to be the team that turns our form around rather than them and try and build a build a run, get a bit of momentum behind us. I couldn't agree more. To go into Gateshead Aldershot Dorking with anything other than a, a confidence-building win scares the living bejesus out of me. The idea of going to Gateshead on Tuesday night, next Tuesday night scares the Jesus out of me already. I know, and you've got to drive me home again afterwards. Are you going? Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> Nutter. Well, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of a half halfway there, aren't we? Well, over halfway there. 
Whoa, we're halfway. <laughs> bon Jovi's John back bon, again. We're back to John Bon Jovi now, aren't we? We're halfway there. Okay. Um, yes, you're right. That those that Tuesdays and older shot. We need to get something ahead of it just to. I yeah, and so the more the more you look at it, you're more nine points might be enough. And what you don't want to do is go into the three winnable games needing all flipping nine. Mm. You go out of nine points and think, well, actually, if we beat Southend because we take advantage of their horrendous form, even if it's the world's worst one nil win ever, you can go to Gateshead with just a bit of something. And then you think, Gateshead, Aldershot, Dorking. Can we get two wins out of that? And that might be enough. It might be enough. It might be that simple. But lose at Southend, and you're looking at those three and go, you have to beat all three because we aren't going to Solihull and winning. We aren't going to Wrexham and winning. And then by the time you get beyond that, it's bust. It's the last two. Oldham and Bourne, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, Oldham might not have anything to play for, might they, by the time you get there. But Bourne would probably will. We always we said last week, didn't we? We don't want to go to Bournemouth Wood and Eden something. So for me, well, these four get one at Bournemouth Wood in the week, didn't they? They did. Um, it's, it's so big, and I don't. You, you don't want to unnecessarily put pressure on, but Crikey. what a nice. big! It'd be nice to have Jordan Young back. Yes. Yeah. He's touch and go. Touch and go, yeah. <laughs> That's just what we need, isn't it? Another 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 injury um concern. But yeah. So Jordan Young touch and go. Jordan Stevens no go. And um he mentioned Callum Harrier as a well he's he's got a he's done his thigh, he said. Quad thigh, are they the same thing? Yes. Which is quad? Yeah. More than one. Quad, you have four of them. No, oh, yeah, okay. I guess that's a clue in the name there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the three of them. It's still that midfield I'm worried about. Yeah, still no Matt Wellington. So, so four in the midfield. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when we were playing the 4 3 3, that I almost think, <laughs> remember the day, kids. Um, we might be better off starting with three at the back and wing backs based on the second half against um against Bromley and how we improved. If if Charlie Cooper's our only midfielder, we need sort of him to do what he did in the latter, you know, the latter stages of that second half. It's it sounds like Jamie Records back. And if that's the case, I'd be putting Ryan Law in there alongside Cooper over Freckleton. Um, and I'd have a record back at left back. And that you'd have to go with that and then have someone slightly more attacking as your third your third midfielder. But that's that's how I'd be doing it. Diaz injured, isn't he? I was just thinking. I thought Diaz, but he's 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 done, isn't he? Did he oh, yeah, yeah. What, what's, what's, what's going on with our hamstrings? What are our hamstrings made out of? Down at our club. Am. And Am. strings. Am and string. Unbelievable the amount of just muscle injuries we've got going on at the moment. Although Morgan Williams has posted the 
Charlie Wakefield yep. um, <laughs> pepper machine picture, hasn't he? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Who, uh, so maybe he'll get... How long did Charlie Wakefield play for Woking in the weekend? 70 minutes? Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's fit again, isn't he? Playing well. Um, yeah. It's big. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> fine. I really... Re- it won't I be really- fine. I really hope you're right, mate. I do. I really hope you're right. Another another big crowd, hopefully, as well. And Grant we Smith is saying... How... TV, don't we? No. Um, Grant Smith is saying the first 15 minutes is key. And I thought that was interesting because actually Southend have conceded. When they've conceded these goals, they have conceded a few of them quite early on in their games. Um, so they are potentially there to be got at early doors and just give give the crowd something to, to have a bit of a go at. Well, that's what the um, Grant Smith said, didn't he? You know, people turn up, you can't expect them to um, uh, start clapping them when they play in the way that they played against Bromley. Therefore, they've got to get on the front foot. We always hear about how Mark Cooper's team like to play on the front foot. And um, that's what we've got to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Did you hear what he, the manager said about Linton? Saying he was he was good to go. Yeah, he's, in. he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very non-committal, wasn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said the other the other night, the other um, day, fishing mouth. Has to be for me. Absolutely has to be. It's. I mean, yeah. Look, n- none of our striking options this season have scored goals. In any combination, but at least you've got two that have played the entire season together, and two that we can be fairly sure about care because they're ours mm-hmm. more than anything, and have shown in the way that they've handled themselves that they're not particularly enjoying not scoring a lot of goals, and they're at least trying to do something about it. And they've played together; they know each other. Linton was a goal scorer pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Our last goal scorer. Um, so I, I absolutely think you have to have Fish and Mal in there. I think, based on the way, based on Fish's performance last week, it wouldn't surprise me to see him not start. Who on earth do you start, though? Mal. With As the solo? Yeah. If you're playing, oh, a, three, if you're playing a three. Yeah. Rio. Jordan Young. Jordan Young on the left. Mal on the right. Fish down the middle. I'm not having anything of Rio Griffiths. I'm really not. What? I think Young, yeah. we, look, we looked at our best with Young through the middle. Yeah. Well, the last game Young played in was that uh, draw up at Chesterfield, wasn't it? Where he mm. created the goal. Yeah. And uh, Eastley, he was really yeah. good as well. Against Eastley. Yeah. I just, I'm, it's so frustrating oh. watching watching Fisher last week. Yeah. It was painful. And as painful as it was when Griffiths came on as well, it was, didn't win a header. I, I need so many chances to get one on target. I don't know. I just don't, he's not going to turn. <laughs> he's not going to suddenly become that player who starts banging him in. Could Will Dawes be that player? (laughs) 
Well, maybe we've recalled him. Uh-huh. Do you think it's because how many loans have we got now? I've got a list of them. <laughs> how many dodgy hamstrings have we got that need massages? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's back for his, his healing hands. <laughs> his helium hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could have Jack Clark back as well, couldn't we? I, I'd be interested to see that. We haven't seen anything of him. So I'd be interested he's to see if he's involved. Chesterfield have a reserve team, though, don't they? I don't know if he's played for them, but I think they have a reserve team. All right. He was back in training this week, wasn't he? They posted him on the gram. Or... I think that was just an excuse to write the words, Jack's back. I think that's <laughs> what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Chury's fury. All that, yeah. <laughs> no. Doesn't look the same, but rhymes. No. Um, we're, we're, we're going way off of the we got everything right um, territory here and we're, we're not going to get that same kind of five star review again I don't think but have we got questions yeah we have I've got Twitter have you got Facebook give me a second we only do this twice a week Dave it's fine um, I'll go with the Twitter ones uh, Ryan Peasland uh, with SSDC disbanded this week and a new authority in its place how do we, fans of the club slash true owners of the club slash taxpayers, ensure Yeovil Town Holdings and Council Deal, which never has and never will benefit the club, is scrutinised and the right thing is ultimately done? You go to the new council's website, you find the contact details of your local councillor and you send them an email every week and you ring them repeatedly and, and you ask them this question, about what are they going to do to scrutinise that deal um, until such time that they either get a restraining order out on you or <laughs> they do something about it. There you go, Ryan. There you that, go. Uh, it was David Coates who told you that. And, <laughs> exactly. Eh? That's C-O-A. <laughs> uh, Lily White Glover, Gary Johnson and Yeovil Town Football Club. Panorama National League South 23-24. One last dance. Oh, I can feel a Netflix series coming. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think. I don't I think he'd be Scotty Pippin or uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> He's not tall enough to be either of those things. Is he? <laughs> no. no. Uh, who's the um, guy who's the one who goes so. to North Korea? Who's his best mates with Kim Jong? Oh, uh, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. He definitely ain't Dennis Rodman, is he? Jesus, no. Uh, uh, no, thanks. No. No. It's time to move on. Yeah. For him as well as us. Yes. I think he just have some time off, Gary. I mean, Gary'd be, you know, the sidecar question we had the other night. <laughs> yeah. Who's Put Gary or Roy Oxen in there. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy retirement. Come on. Um, Raphael, this isn't a question. Uh, that's not the real Priestnell ranting on Facebook, is it? Oh, no, it's a question. There's no question mark. No, so the uh, the Green Army Facebook page, which had uh, some <laughs> Scott Priestnell answering questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, should have been the first clue. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, people thought he was, you know what, yeah. I'm actually going to engage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. And uh, yeah, the fact that his 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 postings began around the same time that schools kicked out probably tells you everything you need to know about that. I think. 
Dave, going for the school kids now. Yeah. <laughs> Careful how you say that, but yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Next question, please. Question. Uh, Jonathan Hooper asks, how many supporter groups do the club have? If there are more than one, why are there so many? And how can we unite the supporters? Oh, well, if only it were that easy. If, if well, whoever, knows, down, Jonathan. <laughs> whoever knows the answer to that, bottle it and sell it. Yeah. Um, How many do we have? Four? Supporters Alliance Group has Green and Whites, Lovers Love Trust, Trust, Disabled Supporters Association, Carey Glovers, and Bridport Glovers are another one, aren't they? Yeah, the Bridport Glovers aren't a thing anymore, I don't think. Right. Um, Thor? Yeah, four. Plus, does someone from the Community Sports Trust sometimes go as Not well? Not really a supporters oh. trust group, though, is it? No. <clears throat> is it fair to suggest that there's a large overlap of those groups as well? Yeah. So if you are a member of the, of the Disabled Sports Association, chances are you either are, have been, or know about the Green and White Supporters Club and vice versa. If if things are like if you're a Kerry Glover who also has um, a disability, the chances are you're in both. There would be the, the Venn diagram. There's a lot of overlap. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's probably well, there's definitely more supporters who are affiliated with no group, um, <laughs> who have no say, who have no input to these meetings or anything. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. The supporters alliance group has a uh has a, a sag <laughs> it has a purpose that i feel is it's not fulfilling well, it's not we... met in god knows how long so certainly not fulfilling i think, I think there might have been a meeting this week really mm-hmm. the oh. fact that we don't know though i was gonna say it's unsurprising <laughs> that we don't know isn't it <laughs> The fact that we don't know. It, do we get more downloads of this podcast than combined members of the aforementioned groups? I'm imagining we probably do, yeah. I, think but I don't speaks... know by a factor of what, but I imagine we do. I think there was a SAG today. Today? It got cancelled, but I had a message saying that there was one on Thursday afternoon. Right. Fantastic. Looking forward, looking forward to the minutes of that. Yeah, yeah. In six years' time. Come on, Let's all meet up. In the year 3000. Yeah. That's busted. Not, not Bon Jovi. Going straight to the year 3000. Not, not much has changed. <laughs> but we're in National League South. <laughs> there is apparently a quick search of Twitter. There is a YTFC business club meeting next week. Wow. Including a YTFC update and questions with Matt and Paul. Between Gosh. seven... 7.30 a.m. Yeah. 7.30 a.m. Oh, they, and... they do their business before breakfast, these boys. And between 9 and 10, the room is open for networking. I thought you said rumours. The room is open for networking. <laughs> well, no, they are, they, are, they are already open. They are open yeah. 24-7, not between yeah. the hours of 9 and 10. No, there is no, no trading hours for rumours. 8.20 to 8.40, hot topic discussion. Oh. It's the hot topic. I, I don't know. A shop. That's a shop in America, isn't it? Like an emo. Mm. 
Okay. Um, the fact that we're going into a business meeting agenda rather than answering questions. Uh, yeah, come on. Otherwise, people tell us we're going on too long again. Uh, after seeing some interesting, this is from Chris Payne, after seeing oh. some interesting speculation earlier about how we could go into National League North if relegated, what's your most obscure ge- geographical fact about the UK? Mine is that Edinburgh is west of Bristol. I can believe that, actually, yeah. yeah. If you draw a straight line up, it is. But I don't really have any geographical fact. Um, what did he call it? A geographical? Fact. Okay, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google UK geographical facts, and I'm going to give you the top one. Okay. Looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How, how are we in the north? There's just no... No, well, someone was saying that if um, Torquay and sure. Oldershot and Maidstone went down, then they're further south than we are, and therefore would we be in National League North? Well, no, they just bump up. Is it Oxford City, I think? Ox- the- Oxford would go up, and probably Braintree would be next, mm-hmm. assuming they don't go up. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the yeah these these UK facts don't really tell me a great deal of um, the the first one starts the full name of the UK is the United Kingdom of Britain <laughs> of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Okay, so, moving on. Second we don't, biggest we don't religion is facts. atheism. That's not even geography. <laughs> we don't have any facts, Chris. We're sorry. There are fifteen <laughs> national parks in the UK, which cover eight percent of the land area. Did none of <laughs> the UK has no active volcanoes. This is brilliant. <laughs> In the words of Ben Barrett, I've gone down a wormhole here. Yeah, 401,975 miles of waterways. Yeah. We've all got shit in them. And two-thirds uh, of them are in Birmingham. <laughs> right. More canals in Birmingham than Venice. There you go. There's a fact for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's true. True story. You can have that. Join us next week on Geography Fact. <laughs> Jordan says, do we stay up? Hopefully. Well, not not for much longer. It's nearly my bedtime. Come on, answer the question. No. Yes. Ooh, going just just to just to be contrary to Ben, if nothing else. Ian, because Ben always disagrees with me, so yeah, I have to make sure that he did. No, I don't. Um, after. <laughs> Saturday, I was very much a no. And after Tuesday? <laughs> after Tuesday, I was even more of a no. Yeah. Uh, ask me on Sunday's GCQs. <laughs> I think that might uh, be a bit of a... I think... Yeah. I think after that... Is it that that Tuesday, Gates said, old shot, Dorking, is it that order? Yeah. After Easter Monday, we'll know, won't we? I think we'll have a clear idea then. I, I, I have a world geography fact that I'd like to share with you that I have just remembered. No one's asked us about that, though. I know, but I, it's still a good one. Which, which country does France share its longest border with? Um, Belgium. Any advances on Belgium? Is it 
England. No, it is Brazil. Because they own the French Guinea thing on the side of Brazil. God, right, okay, yeah. The French Guyana, French Guyana's Guyana thingy. But there you go. There you go. Uh, Dan Cabell, has the takeover talk caused more harm than good? If it has, that's probably our fault. Why? Because we talk about it. Oh. Um, I don't know, because I don't think, I know it didn't help on Saturday, but I don't think we'd have people coming through the gates. You wouldn't have that like groundswell of support coming back and, you know, hopefully this weekend, roaring people on to victory. I mean, Saturday was always a write-off because um, we lost the coin toss and had to shoot towards the Thatchers in the first half, so it was a total disaster anyway. From and they knew Was it the coin toss? What, dummy? Yeah, <laughs> it was a total disaster from the start. Um, yeah, lose the, to- uh, the coin toss again and we might have a problem, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's caused more harm than good. I, I think. Yeah, I think the fact that people are coming back through, that's good for the club. We've had some extra players, which we definitely wouldn't have had. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think if. I think if the takeover hadn't taken place, I think our. Pardon? It still hasn't. Well, it still hasn't. No, that's true. Uh, well, I think if all the things that hadn't that have taken place in the last few weeks hadn't taken place, I reckon our results would be worse than they have been. Although, obviously, last Saturday they caused there was a off the field ructions, which were um, which caused in the dressing room ructions. Uh, I think. A lot of the things, a lot of that, like the Eastley game, for example, I don't think we would have won that if we, if there wasn't that cheaper tickets, feel good factor, you know, them walking on the pitch and it's we've got our yoga back and all of that. Um, yeah, I think our results would have been worse without it. But ultimately, I can say that because we'll never know, will we? So no one can ever prove me wrong, except for Ben, he'll just disagree with me then. No, come on. <laughs> Uh, former Glover's Cast quiz champion Rob Manley. Glad you got his title right. South Ender on a seven-game losing run. Why is it almost certain that they come to us on Saturday and get their first win in eight? Because you've bloody said it, haven't you, Rob? You had to be the one, didn't you? Go yeah. on, say it. Hang say Reese Murphy. Go on, say it. <laughs> Nathan, he feels uh, like Reece... people have this hoodoo about us that we never win against teams in this type of form or any other team in any other type of form. We never win. End sentence. Um, Glover's cast self-fulfilling prophecy, Rob Manley. <laughs> he doesn't put him on the pitch. Well, no. Apparently, Reese Murphy and Jake Hyde both missed their game against Dorking, so to not aggravate injuries on the plastic pitch. All right. Can we get a plastic pitch before Saturday? Well, our pitch at one end isn't particularly amazing, is it? Oh, yeah, so true, yeah. they might only play 45 minutes. Mm. Okay. I, th- I don't know if we answered that question or not, but Rob, your your doom is bringing us down. Um, bring it up for older shop, please, especially as I'm a passenger in your car. Uh, how have Woking managed to sign Lapata after the deadline? 
told it's because it's a free agent. If that's the case, what free agents are there that could possibly help, possibly uh, that we could possibly sign to help keep us up? That's from Jonathan and Adams. So I'm led to believe that uh, Lapata signed before the deadline, but because his departure from Southend hadn't been ratified after an appeals process, it was allowed to go through. So we are not able to sign anybody. So, sorry. Sorry. We can't sign anyone. Seems to be the hardest word. Alex Wales. Is Kevin Bond out the door already? Or was he ever really through the door? He was definitely in the door. Definitely Three in. kings. Yeah. Um, um, I think he's still there. I am led to believe he's been at the football club on Thursday. So we've both been led to believe things, aren't you tonight? We are we are he's yeah. led to believe sources. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, jump on my chips earlier. That's my source. <laughs> my HP source. <laughs> Very good. Black source. Very good. See <laughs> what he did there, yeah. Uh, Robin Bachelor, will you be able to attend the pre-match press conferences when you're free under the new stewardship? Hopefully. Although, I think we have to go in person now, so that leaves it kind of on me. Um, I will probably never be free on a Thursday, so probably not, Robin. There you go. Uh, And Robin also asked, with Dorkin and Gateshead both winning, can Aldershot and York be dragged into the relegation battle, or am I clutching at straws? If you are, my friend. Mark Cooper is as well, as is my uncle. So there you go. Mark Cooper is not my uncle. I just want to... I'll just just clarify that. Thanks. Cheers. That's all the ones on Twitter, Dave. Oh, that's all the ones on Twitter. Right. Okay. There are a few on Facebook. Facey B. Right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how obvious is it that the script is written for a Southend team with nothing to play for, who've lost seven on the bounce to have Reese Murphy score a winner and break arts completely? Dean Halliwell, you had to be the one to say it, don't you? I don't know Dean Halliwell, but it's just typical of him, isn't it? So, we don't do scales of 1 to 10, we do do scales of 1 to 7. How, come on, between 1 and 7. Five. It's it's yeah. I've 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 read the script before. Five is pick a number, right? Okay. Angry, angry coats. He's going. I'm 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 banging through these. Rich Wilcox Smith, formerly a uh, correspondent on this podcast, I believe. Looking at the bottom four. Oh God, this is a complicated one. Looking at the bottom four, three out of the four team. And this is the same thing, isn't it? And then they're talking about playing in. in, Read the damn question. In National League South. Well, yeah. Okay. It says, looking at the, at, at the bottom four, three out of the four teams are Southern. That Would that mean, if relegated, we have a possibility of being put into the North, considering we're most Northern club? No. No. Put simply, Oxford no. City or, would you say Braintree? Braintree if they don't go up. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Tomlinson, the final part of the takeover seems to be taking much longer than even Matt thought. Is this just a formality or should we be concerned? We don't know is the truth. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, we were told it was some bureaucratic things that shouldn't be that long. Last Thursday, it was 24, 24 to 48 hours, which was Saturday. And on Saturday, it was Monday. I did, um, I did listen to a conversation with Matt, who, who incidentally, on when he was asked to give his full name, he said Matthew Gordon Oogler. 
He said Oogla, not Ugla. Oogla. Which I don't know if that's like Bucket and Bouquet, you know, like keeping up why, why was he saying his full name? It was at the end of this a conversation with on Three Valleys Radio. It was, what's your full name? What's your favourite car? At the end? What's your favourite TV programme? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. At the end favorite of the... Favourite TV programme. Favourite TV programme was the US Office. Good. That's good. Not bad. Favourite TV character was Steve Carell in the US office. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, what was I saying there? I've, I've lost my train of thought completely. What was I talking about? You were talking about his surname the takeover. being yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but the takeover. So he was saying, was talking about solicitors, and he was saying it was a thing to do with solicitors, and they're paid by the hour, and then Adrian went in about, oh, but they're all called... They were like highway men was the point he was trying to make. They were, they were going to rob you blind because they, they wanted to get paid by the hour. This was his, that was the thing, that it was a whole legal piece of paperwork, which is taken longer than it should have done. So, it's like Glenn Collis was one piece of paper from taking over in August 2021. Backed by a golf led consortium, wasn't he? Golf? Yeah. Like the, you know, somebody. Like- somebody Somebody worked in a petrol station down the road, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant someone who's just on a quick 18. Yeah, well, maybe club. that as well. Yeah, maybe that as well. Petrol station that also sells cars. Usually. Anyway, is it a formality or should we be concerned? Ben, are you concerned or is it a formality? I am conditioned to be concerned. I'm okay. always concerned. I live concerned. I spend far too much of my life in a concerned state of concern. There you go. Ian, concerned or formality? Uh, I am concerned. Okay. It's a concerning hey. formality for me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Hilton Mayston, what role does a fo- uh, director of football have and how will it help YTFC? We don't even know we've got one, Hilton, but we're, we're, we're assuming that we do. Well, oh. directors of football traditionally are in charge of like recruiting players, coaches, um, making sure that everything is sort of aligned in terms of the style of play and all of that kind of thing. And and you'll you work closely with the manager to get the players that he wants. It's kind of that model as well, that if you sack a manager, a manager could, should be able to come in fairly seamlessly and fit in with the, you know, with the approach because you've got, you know, that's your style of football. Um, Can anyone tell me a successful director of football? Um, Liverpool's one that they used to have who left. So Liverpool, no, no, who worked really closely with Klopp. He was kind of there. He was their like technical director, basically. Um, I mean, Edu is the Arsenal technical director who worked. Is that the same as a director of football? Yeah, yeah, he works closely with Arteta. Um. Monchi, who was the Sevilla, like when Sevilla won the Europa League every season. Yes. Their director of football. On the flip side. It's not in the National League, no. (laughs) On the flip side, Fabio Paratici has just been banned forever by FIFA for being a dodgy director of football. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Admittedly, I haven't done any research on it, but I don't know how many there are in the National League. 
Uh, wasn't there one at Barnet? Didn't Bar- wasn't Dean Brennan brought in as like a director of football over Harry Kuehl? And then Harry Kuehl yeah. and Dean Brennan became manager. Manager. And they never... I'm sure Paul Fairclough's done it at Barnet as well, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess well, also they look after things like, like, don't they look after like organisation of like pre-season and stuff? And that kind of stuff, just take stuff off the manager's hands. Isn't the conversation of a director of football to a manager, how can I make your life easier? And then the manager goes, well, I can't be bothered sorting out pre-season, so sort it out. <laughs> Maybe something like that. Hi, Hilton. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Phil Park, final question, Phil Park, is everyone else, everyone, we are representing everyone now, is everyone else deeply concerned that we've heard nothing from Matt Ugler since his tweet on Tuesday early evening about Kevin Bond? This, coupled with the promise of a conclusion to the takeover on Monday morning and a damaging set of midweek results is very concerning. Pure coincidence, was either SP or SU Glovers pulled out? Question mark. I think That's we an should be question to finish. I think we oh, should be also aware that on this very podcast last week we were having a go at Matt Ugler Ugler for tweeting too much uh-huh. and saying think about it. And this might just be evidence of him learning from his trigger happy thumbs. And so if he's maybe thinking, I'm not gonna say anything yet, I could say stuff. I could have a go, I could have a pop, but I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get into this and I imagine with all the greatest respect he's quite a busy man yeah, yeah. I'm not going to p- complain about less tweets <laughs> yeah yeah don't get I me guess. wrong official announcements that maybe we were expecting yeah absolutely we can be a little bit hang on a minute you told us we were going to get XYZ hang on a minute we thought this was happening but if we can align those things like the announcements actually are announced properly and sort of a little bit of clarity is offered on those things. I'm I'm not going to worry too much if he has quiet moments. I kind of want him to be busy sorting out all those things he promised, <laughs> regardless of what division we're in. Yes. Yes. It's a biggie this weekend, lads. It is. Um, I think we should finish on um, a slightly different note, if possible. We should also say that we made a promise this time last year that when this particular date rolls around and this particular time of year rolls around, we would we would give a mention to Lee Collins. It is, of course, the anniversary this weekend of his untimely passing, and we made it a promise that we would always bring it up and talk about it. So I'm I'm doing just that. What do we what do we think about this time of year? Lads, when this sort of thing comes up, it's it's a it's a horrible thought sometimes to have, but I think we all feel quite an important one to have. Yeah, it's tough, is it's tough, isn't it? It is a tough one, but I feel um, like we feel should like have tough conversations. We have tough conversations every week at the moment. We do have tough we conversations do. every um, week. Yeah, yeah. I think like we said last year, it's just something we have to carry with us as a football club. Um and I think it's been good over the last few weeks to see the flag back going across the terrace. And there's the flag up in the away end as well now. Um, yeah, I think it's just part of us as a club. And I think it, when players join, you know, they should understand the importance of it and yeah. what it means to us. Because I think, you know, 
I'll never forget like that day that, when we found yeah, out and that was how bleak it all felt and you know and as well like what we would do for a captain yeah. right exactly what I was just going to say if you could embody the spirit of Lee Collins into those uh, 11 players on Saturday we, we'll, we'll be, we'd be alright wouldn't we yeah exactly and right. I, I think in the same way we think about Adam Stansfield like the football club has changed immeasurably since Adam Stansfield's departure back in 2003-04 but he will always be part of this football club and I think it's really important that as the years go by whether that's through us through whatever it may be that we continue to talk about Lee because he should be and his way of going about things and his leadership and what he stood for those things are important to to this football club going forward and I hope that owners players managers as they come and go know that he was an important person for us and, and will continue to be so so I, I I just hope that he's in in fact I know he'll be in in a lot of people's thoughts this weekend and yeah he's in ours as well here here very well said let's hope we get three points yeah that day and uh pick our season up you both watching on the telly I presume Yes. We'll be watching, yes. Won't be listening to your commentary. All right. But Mr. Virgo, perhaps. We'll have we'll have the Adams, won't we? Yeah. Summerton and Virgo. There we go. William wow. mispronouncing Hewish Park and yeah. Oval for the evening. And uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard. Making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal!